Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is GRE Bytes. My name is Davis, an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. And we're here to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com and use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. All right, so question of the day. Uh, letters of recommendation, getting into grad school. So how do you get, uh, what's your recommendation, Orion, on, on how to get the process of getting a good letter of recommendation? It's a great question. It is an essential element to almost every graduate school application. Most programs require three letters of recommendation. And I'm going to talk about how to go about getting them. First of all, you have to plan ahead. The people that you're asking these letters from, they're generally busy professionals. And this is kind of a professional courtesy that they're offering you. Uh, they're not getting paid for their time. Uh, so it's a good idea to give them as much warning as you can and to make the process as easy as possible for them. Is the typical candidate pool for letters of recommendation previous... Uh, previous professors, right? It, it depends. It depends on how far you've been, how long you've been out of undergrad. Like if you just graduated from your undergraduate program a few years ago, yeah, it makes sense to get at least a couple of former professors to write letters of recommendation. But if, if you've been out of school for 10 years, it's probably not going to be the case. There's also a balance to consider between more academic, like PhD programs. Those generally you'd want to go with more academic letters of recommendation versus let's say a law program or an MBA program. Those programs, it might be more useful to get letters of recommendation from professional supervisors. Great. So uh, I've, let's just say I've chosen the people who I want to uh, ask for a letter of recommendation. I uh, make sure I've planned in advance to have plenty of time. Um, I've, asked them. Now, do I give them uh, hints? Do I give them a, an outline of what I'm looking for? How does this work? Even better. So once you reach out to your putative recommenders and they agree to write you a letter, your response should be something like this. Great. I'm so happy that you've decided to do this. I have taken the liberty of drafting the letter for you. You'll find it attached. Feel free to change anything that you want, but I know that you're a busy professional and I wanted to make this as easy on you as possible. Now, when I recommend that students take this tax, sometimes they're abashed. They're like, what? You, you're, you're saying that we should write our own letters of recommendation? And on some level, I'm saying, yes, you should. And there's a few reasons for this. One is as soon as I got to grad school, this is what literally every single professor and supervisor asked me to do. So at a certain level, um, the people that you are seeking these letters from will ask you to do this anyway. And they do this for a number of reasons. One, they're very busy, as I said. But two, they also don't know you as well as you know you. They get this request dozens of times a semester and they don't have the opportunity of forming deep relationships with all of the students that they teach. So if they're willing to write you a letter, they are suggesting that they, they want to help you, they like you, they want you to succeed. And you can help them do that by, telling, by, by drafting a letter that tells them more about you than they currently know about you, okay? And 
of course, the proviso is that they can change anything they want because obviously they're going to have their name and their signature at the bottom. It's just a way of kind of helping them along. That that makes a lot of sense. I've had some experience with the same thing. I do have a question, which is um, in this draft letter that you're sending to them with that proviso that they that they can change anything that they want, of course, um, are you also uh, responding to particulars about the program that you're looking to apply to in that draft letter? I think that a good letter of recommendation has three parts. We can think of them as three separate paragraphs. The first paragraph is basically about the recommender. We need to know who this person is, what is this person's position, experience, status, so I kind of know to what extent I should take their word seriously. So the first paragraph is very easy for the recommender to write. It's all about the recommender. The second two paragraphs are about you, but they're in slightly different capacities. What I would encourage you to do is to write one paragraph that shows you um, either um, manifesting academic or professional excellence. So if you're asking a professor for a recommender, this person should then talk about, let's say, your, your honors thesis or the way that you handled the final project or a presentation that you gave to the class. And to speak about it in specific detail and to demonstrate that you did um, an excellent job, that you went over and above the academic expectations. If it's a professional recommender, it's here's a problem that we faced at work and this is how you overcame that problem. Um, these could be more performative and quantitative in terms of showing your excellence. Now, the third paragraph is really important and often overlooked, which is it should be some sort of anecdote that shares and demonstrates a positive personality characteristic of you. It's all well and good for you to be like competent, but there's a lot of competent people that we might not ever want to share a room with, let's put it that way. And the way that grad school works is you're being picked for a cohort for goodness of fit. So people have to like you and they have to want to work with you closely sometimes for years. And if you show a paragraph that demonstrates a positive personality attribute, maybe you're easygoing, maybe you're friendly, maybe you are attentive to detail, maybe you are considerate. And there's some sort of anecdote that you can share that manifests, that demonstrates that attribute people are going to see a bit more of a human side of you and it's going to make it easier to select you from a pool of, let's face it, every other letter is going to talk about how competent the student in question is. So if you have to choose among applicants where everyone is competent, why not choose the friendly competent person or the considerate competent person or the hardworking, competent person, etc. So that's what I would recommend doing. And to give those recommenders uh, plenty of time, at least a month or two to get this process settled. No, that, that, um, that really helps. So three paragraphs. First is about the recommender. Uh, you're also in your draft supplying some, you know, in your outline for the, for the professor or the professional you're supplying a mock-up of that sure. that they can change or adjust. Uh, second one, competency. Third one, uh, positive personality trait trait that that sets you up as someone good to work with and join for goodness of fit. You got it. Um, 
Thanks, Orion, for that feedback. I hope that helps anyone who's uh, struggling or looking or investigating how to get letters of recommendation out and might be looking for a good strategy. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of Jerry Bites. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss on a future episode, let us know at stellargre at gmail.com. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com. Don't forget, you can use the code BITES for 10% off. Talk to you soon.